Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Come on, turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Luke, Luke 6, 37. I'm going to read you a couple different passages this morning as we talk about giving. That's why we showed that uh, this morning. And uh, we're going to talk about giving because, honestly, giving is one of the greatest ways you and I get refilled. We've been talking in our series, uh, Refill, and we've been talking about ways that God has designed believers, Christians, and really all humanity. Um, It's just those that aren't Christ followers, aren't Christians, they don't know it yet. Uh, But the way he's created us, the way he's designed us to get filled back up. And because God is a God of principle, here's what we discover is that this not only works for those that are Christians, those that love Jesus, but God honors honors principle. And that's why when people are living by these principles, whether they know it or not, uh, God fills them back up. Blessings come back their way. Rewards come back their way. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. What we've talked about getting plugged into church. How many guys are plugged into a church, whether it's this church or another church? If you're here, come on. How many of you guys are plugged into church somewhere? It's okay. Get plugged into church. If you're checking uh, Canvas out today, it doesn't have to be Canvas Church, but get plugged into a church because church is not the source that fills you, but it's the resource in which God has chosen uh, to let his source flow through to fill people. And so we talked about getting plugged into church, uh, getting uh, filled through the word of God, getting filled up through worship, and getting refilled through rest. And today I want to talk to you about this thought of giving. Uh, and I think it's one of the greatest principles that we can live by that literally begins to fill us back up as we uh, begin to live according to God's principles. Starting in Luke 6, Luke 6, 37, going to read to verse 38, and then we're going to go to Acts 20. Luke 6, 37 says, judge not and you will not be judged, okay? So what does that tell us? That tells us the opposite, Right? If you judge, you're going to be judged, all right? So the Bible says, hey, judge not, and you will not be judged. Now, let me just clarify something. As Christians, as Christ followers, uh, we are called to hold each other accountable to the Word of God, okay? So as a body of believers, uh, it is on us that if we see one of our brothers and sisters in sin, not living according to the Word of God, that it's our, our duty as brothers and sisters in Christ to go to that person and to call out sin in that person, okay? But when we do that, we need to understand something. That is not judgmental, okay? And so as Christians, as Christ followers, don't hold yourself back. If you see one of your brothers and sisters in sin, don't hold your back, yourself back from going and saying, hey, I noticed this. What's going on? Here's what the word of God says. Here's what you're doing. You're in sin. You need to repent and you need to change, Okay? That was a lot right there. We could stop, I'll repent, and go home, okay? That is not judgment. That is not judgmental. That does not mean being judgmental of another person. But how many of you guys have experienced in your Christian walk when you've done that with somebody that people will turn around and say, hey, don't judge me, right? You're being judgmental. You're being self-righteous. No, actually, I'm doing what the Bible challenges us to do. Are you with me this morning, okay? But what the Bible's talking about here is it's not, and we're going to get into it a little bit, it's not looking at people and judging people uh, as long as they're living according to the word of God. It's not judging their standards of living or maybe the way they discipline their children or this type of thing or that type of thing. Because if we do that, we're going to be judged as well. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Once again, the opposite of that then would be true. If you condemn others, you yourself will be condemned. Forgive, and you will be 
forgiven. Come on, somebody. Verse 38, here's the principle, okay? In the first verse, it lays out some ideas, but here's the principle right here in verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Okay, in context, what's it talking about? It's talking about don't be judgmental. In other words, give grace, extend grace to people. Okay, don't condemn others, but extend forgiveness to others. Okay, and as we give that, it'll be given to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the saying, I want you to notice this, for with the, the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So if you give a lot of grace, come on, a lot of grace is going to be given back to you. How many of you guys want a lot of grace? Okay. If you get a lot, give a lot of love, a lot of love is going to be given back to you. Is that not what the Bible says? With the same measurement that you measure out, it's going to be measured back to you. Now this is the principle. Here's the context. Forgiveness. We live in forgiveness, we forgive others, and we forgive others a lot. Guess what? Forgiveness is going to be given back to us. That's the context. But the principle extends throughout every single area of our life. If we give love, we get lots of love in return. If we give lots of love. If we give, you know, lots of mercy, we're going to get that in return. This applies even into our financial life. If we are givers and we extend our finances into others, that it's going to be given back to us. How many of you guys believe that this morning? Okay? So give. It's going to be given back to you. Come on, somebody. Uh, good measure. Press down, shaking together. Now, now that, sh- that, that press down part, does anybody ever cook in here? Is that, or you just nuke everything nowadays? You know what I'm talking Okay, some people might cook still. Uh, most of us, they probably throw something in the microwave and call that cooking, okay? Or maybe they eat out and warm up their leftovers. Come on, somebody, and call that cooking, right? But if you bake or something like that, when, when the recipe calls for brown sugar, and it'll often say, pack down, brown sugar, right? Because if not, if it's not packed down, you're not going to get the right measurement. It's not going to come out right. But I love what the Bible says here. Listen, listen to this. It's good measure, okay? But not the kind of measuring that just dumps the brown sugar in the cup, the kind that presses it down. Come on, are you with me? We're going to get as much in there as possible. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, going to be put in your lap. With the measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. Now flip in your Bibles, if you wouldn't mind, over to Acts 20, verse 35, talking about giving, a principle that God has asked us to live by as Christians, as Christ followers. And as we live in this principle, man, we are refilled. We are given back. Look at this. Acts 20, verse 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard, don't miss that part, by working how? Not just by working, but by working hard. In this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, who he himself said, now listen to it, it is more blessed to give than to receive. How many of you guys love to receive? Let's be honest. Okay? Okay? But listen to what the Bible's saying. I love to receive. My wife knows my love language. It's gifts. She wants to get to my heart. She gives me gifts. Okay? She knows that. That's my love language. There's nothing wrong. That's the way God created me. Okay? Some, people are, some people are words of affirmation. You know? Some people like, like hugs, side hugs, if you're not married. You know what I'm talking about? Um, you know, and people like that. Touch. It's their love language. Okay? Um, but listen to this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. 
So what is the Bible saying? The Bible's saying this. If you want a blessed life, okay, how many of you guys out there want a blessed life this morning? Okay. If you want a blessed life, if you want a life that is filled up and then refilled and then refilled and then refilled, here it is. You want to be blessed? Your blessing is not seen in what you get. Your blessing is seen in what you give. A blessed life does not mean I get more or receive more or have more. A blessed life means I'm giving more. Are you with me? A blessed life means I give more. That's what the Bible's saying. It is more blessed. If you want the blessings of God, it's more blessed. Your life will be more blessed. Your marriage will be more blessed. Your children will be more blessed. Your finances will be more blessed. Your business will be more blessed if you give more. Totally contradictory to the world, right? We look at people that have lots and we say, wow, they must be blessed. They must, man, they have, oh, they're blessed, right? But that's not what the Bible's saying. The Bible's saying, hey, man, the one that's giving, they're blessed. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that in the next few moments that we have together, the Lord, you would just absolutely speak to us and um, that, God, our life would be challenged uh, Lord, we'd be encouraged, and we'd walk out of this place living according to these principles we see in your word, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Blessed. We want to be blessed. We want to be filled up. We want to be refilled. One of the principles in God's word is this, give. Give. Here's one thing I see in scripture, and one thing that's proven out in my life, is that whenever I give, it really does come back to me. Now, it might not always come back to me in monetary ways. It might not mean if I extended love to somebody that immediately I'm going to receive that love back. But eventually it comes back in some way. Uh, One of the ways it comes back, and this is scientifically proven, the happy high, the giver's high. When you give and you give unconditionally and you give something away, there's something inside of you that just, you feel happy. Y'all know what I'm talking about? If not, you probably haven't given anything lately, all right? But man, just giving something to somebody or, or like when you're walking down the street, one thing I've, I've trained myself to do is, is when I'm, because most people when they walk down the street and they see someone coming, they do this. Right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? But you know what? I, I like to keep my head up and I look, look people right in the eye. And I know I'm tall and sometimes that can be intimidating, okay? But I like to look at them and when they look at me, I just want to smile and just do one of these. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The little head nod, right? The what up, bro, you know? I mean, because this is a little bit like weird, Right? I mean, if you're walking down the street and you don't know the person, you're like, that's odd, all right? They think, okay, there's something wrong with that dude. I'm not going to turn my back. I might get mugged. But if you do one of these, that's, that's okay, okay? You don't know, you know what I'm talking about, right? This is etiquette 101 right here, okay? Do this, you're a weirdo. Do this, they're like, hey, what's going on, okay? But I've trained myself. I want to do that because, man, something happens when you smile at something. They could be walking like this. They catch you like, oh, hi, you know? And then they keep walking. I walk our dog every morning. I'm just like, and I look odd because it's a little toy poodle and our leash is pink, but it's okay. I'll just be like, but if I added one of these to it, then it'd be really weird, right? I'm just like, what up, you know? How you doing? But man, something happens inside of me when I do that. Even if I don't get a response, I'm like, yeah, I'm nicer than they are, you know? Right? Something happens, you know? But one thing I've realized is that when I give, it really does come back to me. Uh, One of the things I like to do is I like to get doors for people. All right, so if I go to Starbucks, now not in a weird way and sit there and hold it for 45 minutes as people flow into Starbucks and pretend I'm the greeter. But like I'm coming in, I see somebody, I'll get the door and I'll let them walk in. I remember doing this one time and uh, there was some two uh, more distinguished elderly women walking behind me. And um, so I thought I'm going to get the door for them. And so I I grabbed the door and I opened it and they kind of stopped. They're like, well, 
thank you. I'm like, yeah, go ahead. And I walked in behind them. And they got in line. I got in line. And the barista said, well, what do you have? And they ordered their drinks. And they said, we want to buy this young man a drink as well. I'm like, come on, somebody. And I was like, well, I'm actually ordering a craft of coffee today. So, um, but what happened? I gave, and, and it came back in a coffee. Come on, somebody. You can't go wrong. Starbucks coffee is like $4.50 right there. I earned that door opening right there. Okay? When you give... Man, it really does, does come back to you. Here's some more scriptures right here. I believe we have them on the screens. Proverbs 11:25. Proverbs 11:25. It says this. It says, "Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered." What is that? That's going back to the principle that we see in Luke 6:38. Give, it'll be given back. Water, and you yourself will be watered. Go to the next one here, Proverbs 19, 17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. Now, this is awesome. And he will repay him for his deed. Who's going to repay? The Lord's going to repay. Okay? Not the poor man. Not the person you gave to. Not another person. But as you're generous and you uh, give to the poor, you're generous to the poor. Guess what happens? Man, the Lord himself repays you. How many know that God, come on, has a really big bank account? That reminds me of a story of a boy that walked into a a store with his mom, and the boy saw a candy jar sitting on the counter as his mom was paying for the stuff she bought, and he was just sitting there gazing at the candy, looking at the candy. And so the the gentleman behind the counter said, go ahead, son, reach in there and, and grab some candy. And the boy just keeps staring at the candy. And the man goes, go ahead, son, go just greet you and grab yourself a handful. Go ahead. And the boy just keeps staring at the candy. His mom's like, honey, did you hear the man grab some? He just keeps staring at the candy. Again, a third time, are you deaf, son? Go ahead, grab some. And he just keeps staring at the candy. Finally, the man reaches in and grabs candy and gives it to the kid. Kid gets a big smile on his face and walks out the store. And his mom goes, son, what was wrong with you? Why didn't you reach your hand in there and grab some? He looks up at his mom and goes, his hands were a lot bigger than my hands. His hands. Come on. God is the one that's going to repay. And his hands are really, really big. Here's the principle. You go ahead and hold on to that little bit you have, and you don't give it away, and you don't lend to the poor. And guess what? You'll never see the handfuls of God come back into your life. But if you would extend, what is it, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to give away, a hello, a handshake, a meal, a hot shower, whatever it is, you help somebody out in need, and whatever that amount is, guess what? God gives a whole lot back in return. That's the principle of God's word. We give, and it's given back to us. There's studies that have been done, and these studies, one of them that was done on uh, Science Central, okay? You can go about and read it on sciencecentral.com, and they did this study. And they they hooked people up to a functional MRI. And they had them play this game. And while they would play this game, the two things they could do is they could either buy things for their, you know, make-believe person, or they could give stuff away. Okay? And they would have to play these games. They would earn money. And as they earned money, they'd have to go spend it, or they could give it. And what they discovered was this is obviously, how many of you guys know that it's fun to go buy a new outfit, a new car, a new something, all right? And so obviously there's some sensation that happens with that, and wow, man, this is fun. 
But what they noticed is the people that not only bought stuff, but the people that actually gave to charities that were set up on this game, that the emotional and then the chemical high that they experienced far outweighed the ones that were buying things. Why is that? Because God created us as beings that would be givers. God wants us to be generous. God wants us to be givers. God wants us to live a life of generosity. Studies have shown that those people, uh, elderly people, um, when they're no longer working, that if they're volunteering, not paid, but they're volunteering and giving their time away, that they live on average of about four years longer than those that don't. Wow. Why? Because they're giving. Come on, how many of you guys are going to go start volunteering right now? Right? Why? Because we're created to give. God created us this way. They should actually start a show on this, right? They've started a show on the opposite called Hoarders. You ever seen that? All the people that just, and it's really sad. But man, what about people that give? Happy. It's fun to give. Amen? Amen. When we give, it's given back to us. Pressed down, shaken together. Here's what I notice in Scripture today. It doesn't say if you have a, a lot give. I don't see that. I don't see the scripture qualifying those that should give. Hey, if you have X amount, if you're really, really, really blessed, if you have lots in your life, then then give. No, here's the principle. Give. Well, but I don't really have a whole lot. It doesn't matter. The principle is across the board. It doesn't matter if I count myself wealthy or not wealthy. It doesn't matter if I count myself loved or not loved or if I have an abundance or not abundance. The, the principle is this. Hey, as Christians, as Christ followers, I want you to live generous and I want you to give. Give across the board. Why? Because doesn't the Bible say this? If you're faithful with a little, God will give you more. Be faithful with a little bit and God will give you more. This is the, the, it's the principle in God's word. Be faithful with a little, Luke 16, 10, and God will reward you with more. Me and my wife learned this principle when we um, first got married, and especially in our early years of ministry. And in 1999, when we first moved to San Diego to be youth pastors and, and young adult pastors at a church, um, the church was real young, just starting out, didn't have a whole lot of people. And uh, when we came, and God told us to move there, and so they had no way to pay us. And so our plan was, you know what, uh, let's just go get jobs, and then we'll work at night as, as waiters or waitresses or whatever, and we'll just serve during the day. And so we applied at jobs, tons of jobs, and uh, we got absolutely no jobs. And, but we knew one thing God had spoken to us, hey, I want you to go serve that church. And we're like, but we need money. And God says, hey, my hands are a lot bigger than your hands. Come on, somebody. And so we said, okay. So for the first two and a half years of full-time ministry, my wife and I did not work outside of that, but we did not get a paycheck. You say, how did you survive? God. He provided supernaturally every single month. Okay? Now, it wasn't like we were living an extravagant life. Matter of fact, there was birthdays that I was just like, hey, babe, come here, give me a hug. She's like, well, that's for us. That's your birthday present this year. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. But it was enough. But what we did is we learned this principle back then. 
We learned to be faithful with what we had. And because we were faithful with what we had, listen, God spoke to us to give $1,000. We did not have a job. We were not getting paid by the church. And God spoke to us to give this couple that was struggling $1,000. And I prayed about it. I went to my wife and I said, hey, I feel like the Holy Spirit's told us to give this money. And she's like, we don't have it. And I said, I know. <laughs> but this is the amount. And she's like, I, I agree, we're supposed to do that. And so we found a way to make it work. And here we are, no job. And above and beyond what we would tithe off of and, you know, that would come in, we wrote this couple. There, and we dropped them off at the airport. And I, I don't know if I think they're going for job interviews, something. We dropped them off at the airport. And as we dropped them off, I said, hey, here, take that. God told us to give that to you. And we gave $1,000. Why? Because the principle is not just if you have, then give. The principle is give. This is really good. It's challenging. I know it's challenging me too on standing up here, but. But I look at my life now, and I, and I see what God has done over the years, and I see my children, and I see how they're blessed, and I see how me and my wife are blessed, and I, I see how the church is blessed, and I, I, even, I even look at the home I'm living in now, and, and God just hooked us up with this beautiful home we're living in now, and, and I, I see the things that my kids are able to do because uh, sometimes grandparents will give them money, and they're able to do sports camps and different things, and I look at all of that, and you know, the world would chalk it up to a coincidence, but you know something? I don't chalk it up to a coincidence. I chalk it up to the fact that I learned to live by God's word from the very beginning, and as I've learned to be a generous person, a giving person, God just continues to give it back. Over and over. We had people over at our house last night, and we're having a good time, and as some people are leaving, we stopped by a pool table. And somehow the subject of the pool table came up, and I don't know how it came up, but I said, yeah, that was given to me. And they're like, someone gave you a pool table? I was like, yeah. Why? I don't know. I'm not even that good, but I, it's fun to have, you know? And, 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 I, and I told them this story. I said, you know, when we were leaving Las Vegas, God told us to give a pool table to somebody. We had a, a pool table in our house in Vegas, and there was a couple getting married. And uh, the Holy Spirit said, hey, I want you to give the pool table to those people. And I was like, but God, I could sell this. He said, I know, but my hands are a lot bigger than yours. So we gave it to these people. Man, completely, we saw them actually not that long ago, six months ago. And I asked him, do you still have the pull table? Like, oh my gosh, yeah, we use it all the time. I said, that's great. And it was about, I don't know, a year ago, year, a little over a year ago, someone said, hey, I got a pull table, do you want it? And God reminded me. Now, I'm not saying that God always rewards you one for one, okay? I'm not saying go out and give your car away and hopefully you'll get a new one tomorrow. <laughs> but the principle is this, give. And God really does. God really does take care. God really does. And I have people come to me all the time, and, and they talk to me, and they say, Ben, how you doing? My wife and I got debt-free about four months ago. Best feeling ever. Completely, entirely debt-free. He said, Ben, how did you do that? A lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice, and giving up some things that we were trying to hold on to. <laughs> but we got debt-free. And man, now, now there's abundance and there's just like, God's just, I, I can't even be described the way God's blessing us. And some people might look at that and be like, well, well how, come, how come you and not me? And well, it's there for you too. But here's one thing I want, I want to make very clear. God is just. And this is going to, this is going to, this is going to hurt some people, I think, but I got to say it. God is just. 
What does that mean? It means that if you live by his principles, he is just enough to make sure that the principle works in your life. But one thing I want to just absolutely share with you today is that God is not fair according to the way we acknowledge fairness. God is not a socialist. So when I look at somebody else's life and I see the way they're being blessed, my, my natural reaction in my, in my human flesh would be, well, how come they get that, but I don't? Oh, it's getting quiet now. How come, how come they have that, but I don't? I mean, shouldn't God be fair? How, how come they, they get to drive that, and I don't get to drive that? How come they get to live in that, and I don't get to live in that? How come they get to make this much money, and I don't get to make that much money? How come God's not fair? Ben, prove to me God's not fair. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Write this scripture down. Write it down. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And you'll know this when you flip there. It's the story of the talents. And, and the Bible says, and it's, and it's related to the kingdom of God, but, but here is this guy. He's going to go on a, on a journey. And so he says, hey, and calls over you know, his workers, three workers, and to one he gives five talents. To the other one, he gives three, or is it two? And to one, he gives one. Well, hold on a second. Does that sound fair to you? That's not fair. I mean, fair would be if he, he took all, you know, and added up and then divided equally, and then let's see what they do with it. That would be fair. But he didn't. Five, three, or is it two? Someone tell me. One. What is it, Two. Two. Five, two, and one. That's not, that's not fair. And the story goes on, and the one with five, what does he do? He invests it, and he gets a return. The one with two, he invests it, he gets a return. The one with one, uh, he goes and buries it, and he, he gives back the one, and he got in trouble. And then, and then to be more unfair, he takes the one from the, the, the person that did nothing with it, and he gives it to the one that had five. That's really not fair. Why didn't he give it to the one that had two? That, that would seem more fair. I'll let you wrestle with that one for the next week. He's just. He's just. And he has been so good to me. And I can only speak. Listen to me. I'm not up here to talk about myself, but I can only speak from my driveway. I can only speak from my perspective. This is what God has done in my life. I put this principle into practice, give, and guess what? It continues to come back to me. And literally, I can't get rid of it fast enough, and it just continues to come back to me. Now listen, we're not just talking about finances. See, some of you are missing it. Some of you probably already shut me out. Because you think it's just about, it's not about finances. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says if you want friends, you've got to show yourself you want friends, in other words, be a friend to somebody else. You be a friend to somebody else, also you'll be like, man, look at all these friends I have. It's really not that difficult. If you need encouragement, why don't you do this? Why don't you go out and encourage somebody else? You need love, why don't you go and find somebody that needs to be loved? Why don't you give love away? Why don't you give mercy away? Why don't you give friendship away? Why don't you go give somebody a hug? Come on. I know some of you have your personal bubble and you hate hugs. I just, I, come on, how many of you guys want to pop the bubble on those people? You all know what I'm talking about? Like some of you, you do it on purpose. You know the people don't like hugs, and you go up and you're like, oh, I'm going to go find, I'm going to give them a big hug. 
And you know it just rubs them the wrong way, but it's so fun, isn't it? Give somebody a hug. Give somebody a smile. Give somebody the opportunity to get in the lane in front of you on the freeway. Well. So now it's getting personal, right? You mean slow down and let them in? Yeah. I don't know if I can do that. Give. Give. See, it's not just about finances, but here's what we need to understand, ladies and gentlemen. When the Bible talks about this tithing principle, here's what we need to understand. When the Bible talks about giving financially, when the Bible talks about giving tithes and giving offerings, that's just the key to unlocking your life to other forms of giving. That's why the Bible says this. The Bible says that, that, that where your treasure is, are you with me? Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. See, God's not after the treasure. He's after your heart. He's after your heart. And he understands this because here's what happens. We come and, and we, we give our lives to Jesus. We surrender our lives to Jesus, right? For Christians, those that are, that are walking right with God. There was that moment in time when you asked Jesus into your life, man, and, and, and maybe you did it with tears, maybe you did it with joy, however you did it, maybe you did it in the quietness of your room, maybe you responded at the altar, but you surrendered your whole entire life to God. And that's what we say, right, God, I surrender my whole life to you. And then we open up the Bible, or maybe a pastor mentions tithing, and you're like, wait a second. I surrendered everything to you except for that part. Isn't it interesting? Write this verse down. Matthew 19, 16 through 21. Isn't it interesting, the story of the rich young ruler? Matthew 19, 16 through 21. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus and says, I'm going to follow you. I've kept the laws. I've done this. I've done that. And Jesus turns to the rich young ruler and says, good, awesome. There's just one more thing you need to do. Anything, anything, Lord, I am ready to follow you with all my heart. I've surrendered everything to you. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you the scripture. Jesus says to him, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And if you read on, it doesn't say that the rich young ruler skipped away happy and did it. It says that the young man turned and walked away sorrowful. But it wasn't about the money. It was about the heart. It was about his heart, because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And, and listen, the Bible says that money answers all things. In other words, we are tied to money. That every hour that you work, what are you working for? Money. It represents a portion or a piece of who you are. So when you give that tithe, when you give that 10%, when you surrender that, when you do that, what you're really saying is I'm giving you God a portion of my life. And what it is is a key. It's a gateway to showing God that you really are surrender to him and you really are and all of a sudden now it begins to unlock other areas of giving in you all the other refill ones were like yeah i shouldn't have posted that i was talking about giving this week 
Because I'm looking around, I'm like, there's a lot less people this weekend. <laughs> mm. What they don't know is we're just going to show this again next weekend. Because <laughs> I just want to give it to them. Hmm. It's about your heart. It's about your heart. And when he has your heart, then he knows. Then you're ready to give in other areas as well. But how do we know it's about the heart? The Bible says where your treasure, there your heart is also. We see it through the story of the rich young ruler. Not only that, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, that God loves a... Doesn't just say that God loves a giver. It says that God loves a... What is that? That's your heart. God loves a cheerful giver. God loves one that, man, just readily comes and says, man, here's the tithe. Man, where else can I help? Where else can I give? Where can I serve? Where can I serve? Can I serve in the children's ministry? Can I serve on worship? Can I, can I, can I greet somebody at the door? Where can I serve? Where can I give? Can I go find somebody in need next door? Can I... Yesterday, my wife was shopping at Costco, and a, a family walked up in front of her, and, uh, and they had all their groceries ready to go, and they tried to go pay with the EBT, with the food stamps. And they said, we're sorry, um, because the government shut down, the system's down. And so they were unable to buy the groceries. My wife called me, and she's like, Ben, you know what we need to do? We need to, we need to, we need to help people in our church. We need, to have, we, need to have, we need to be ready tomorrow. If there's anybody in our church... Tomorrow, that is it, that, that, that pays with EBT and was unable to, and they need food, we need to be ready. So we went out and we bought uh, several hundred dollars worth of grocery cards so that today at the end of service, if there's anybody in here at all that is saying, Pastor, I was unable to get groceries yesterday. Or maybe you don't even pay with EBT, but maybe you've fallen on hard times. That at the end of the service, my wife will be right there back there at the info. And you go back there and you say, look, we're, we, we, we're, we're in need right now. We got money for you to go buy groceries. So we, we believe in the giving principle. Now, I love to see it when our church gives. When we came onto this campus and we, and we did the, the whole beautification weekend, I mean, the teachers, the custodians, the principal are just like, well, you guys are amazing. No, we're just doing what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're being generous and we're giving back because that's, that's the way we should be. That's the way we should live. When we, did, when we did our Easter egg hunt last year, what is that? That was us giving back to the community. And when 2,300 people showed up at our Easter egg hunt, look around, there ain't 2,300 people here yet. You know that 90% of the people there weren't even from our church. And that cost money. Was it worth it? When you saw those families and those children walking out of the egg hunt, I was like, let's do another one right now. It's worth it. It's worth it. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. God loves a cheerful giver. My old pastor used to say this, though. God loves a cheerful giver, but your pastor loves any kind of giver. <laughs> but God is after the heart. It's cheerful. Cheerful giver. When should I give? Let me give you just a few things real quick. And we got all sorts of time. How many got, give me another five minutes. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. 40, thank you. 40 minutes. When should I give? When should I give, number one, when I can? 
when I can. A lot of people, this is where you're at. You can and so you do. And that's awesome. And that is a starting point. When should you give when you can, when you're able to? We've given furniture away. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even like, oh, we don't like this furniture anymore. We, we heard of a family when we were living in Washington. And uh, I was, a, I was val- we were working at boys and girls clubs in the morning and I was valeting at night and she was a waitress at night. It's crazy. And then we were doing an internship during the day. And uh, one of our friends, their house caught on fire and burnt down. And they lost all their furniture. And they moved into an apartment, had nothing, didn't have insurance. Holy Spirit spoke to us to give away all of our furniture to them. And so we did. And we were newly married ourselves. We gave it away. Why? Because God said to. Now, like the pool table, I'm still waiting for some furniture to come back. Come on, somebody. <laughs> now, obviously, you come over to our house. We have furniture, but... Um, and you give when God tells when you can. We could. We, get, we had it, and so we gave it. They had kids. We didn't. We thought, man, they need the furniture more than we do. And we gave it away. Money, whatever it is, when you can. Jesus, time and time again, what do you see him doing? We see him giving of himself, healing the sick, right? Just coming in and touching people. When should I give when I can? When should I give, number two, when I don't want to? Nothing cures the I don't want to like doing it. Man, you talk about a breakthrough. Something happens when you don't want to give. Now listen to me, I'm not just talking about finances. When you don't want to give forgiveness to somebody else, uh, you do it and you realize how awesome that is because then God forgives you in return. When you don't want to, man, it's tough. And yeah, you're probably not cheerful at the moment, but you'll get there eventually. When you don't want to, I think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's about ready to go to the cross. Nothing in that picture showed that he wanted to. He was pleading with God the Father, hey, I don't want to do this. But nevertheless, not my will but your will be done. I don't want to forgive this person right now. I want to hate them. I want to punch them in the nose. I don't want to let that person in front of me that's driving erratic on the freeway. I want to wave at them with one finger. (laughs) Honestly, come on. I don't want to do that. But you know what? I'm going to. I don't want to tithe because the pastor told me to, and I'm just, no, I don't want to do it. You didn't laugh at that one. <laughs> Luke 6.30 says this, give to everyone who begs. I remember reading that a couple years back, and I was just like, bummer. Because I lived downtown at the time. <laughs> True story. And my girl's breakfast before school was a 7-Eleven donut. Come on, somebody. And I would walk out around the corner, go to 7-Eleven, get them a donut and a chocolate milk. And literally every time there's someone sitting there begging, I was like, no. <laughs> At times I found myself walking like three blocks out of the way just because I was like, no, I don't want to today. They asked me. It's the Bible. 
It's the Bible. I remember there's times when I don't want to give to my kids, but then they're begging me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's scripture. Does it apply to children too, God? No. I remember one time we, we were away for Christmas. We got back, and it had poured down rain. And they have this cute little house out back. And they, with unbeknownst to me, they had taken all of their pictures they had created, like stacks of them. They put them in this little secret box, and they put it in their clubhouse. Well, it had downpoured. And it's, it's, it's not a real house, people. And the roof leaked, and water came in underneath. And so when we got home, they went out to their fort, and they found it, and it was, like, covered with mold and, and stuff. And they came in. You would have thought they were Hurricane Katrina victims, man. They came in. Kid you know, they came in again. We lost everything. And I was like, no. I was like, babe, you want to? No. They're asking you. And I'm, dang Pull these pieces. When should I give? Number three, when I'm in need. When I'm in need. When I'm in need. That old saying, maybe you've heard it before, when in need, sow a seed. I hate that statement. <laughs> I hate it. But it works. Why? Because it's a biblical principle. It works because it's the Bible. And when you're in need, listen to me, I found this to be true. If I'm sick, the first thing I begin to do is I begin to pray for everybody else that I know that is sick. Because I think to myself, you know what? By doing that, guess what? Come on, the enemy's not going to inflict sickness on me anymore. Because he knows I'm going to pray for everybody that's sick, and he doesn't want me praying. When I'm in need of, of, of joy, man, I go on, I, I give joy away to people. When I'm in need of finances, I've learned this. I give. And every single time, God has taken care of us. When should I sow? When should I give when I'm in need? Let me just close by saying this this morning. Giving, the reason it works is because it's the very heart of God. It's the very nature of God. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he that he, wow, he gave what? He gave up everything. He bankrupted heaven. He gave it all. He laid it all in for God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Giving is at the very heart, the very character, the very nature of God. That's why giving is so powerful. Because when we give, not to get, but when we give, cheerfully, heart, we give. We are stepping into the very character and nature of God. And when God looks down and sees his children behaving like him, come on, when I see my children behaving well at somebody else's house, you know how many times people have said to us, we've gone to their house, like, your children are so well behaved. I said, that's because I told them, if not, I'm going to spank them when we get home. And for good measure, I spanked them on the way in to let them know what it would feel like when they got home. <laughs> Come on, how many parents know what I'm talking about? If you haven't used that one, it's never too late. I don't care if they're 17. Hey, what's that for? <laughs> you better behave at school today if not. 
But here's the thing. Giving is the very heart and the nature of God, but if you struggle with tithing, if you struggle with seeing somebody else blessed and saying, why do they get that and I don't? If you struggle when things don't look fair, you're not a giver. And the reason we're not givers is because we haven't spent enough time with God. Because giving is at the very heart, the very nature, and the very character of who God is. For God so loved the world that he gave. And if we want to be his children and look like him, for we so love the world, we so love people that will give. And if it means we give financially to those that are in need right now, we give financially to those who are in need right now. If it means we give love, support, help, kindness, goodness, then we give it. Because when we do, we look just like him. And when he looks down and sees his children looking like him, he wants to bless. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is absolutely fantastic. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.